Welcome to Irvine History Today, where everything happens live, as you can totally tell. And my name is Ellen Bell. And I am here very happy this afternoon for a, a great reason, because one of the goals for this program is that I like I wanted to be able to share first person accounts of Irvine's history. And during my work at the Irvine Historical Society, I am really fortunate that I get to meet some very interesting uh, Irvine pioneers, and they share their stories with me in discussions. And I, I've always felt like it's a shame that there aren't more people in the room listening right along with me. So that's why part of the reason why I wanted to do this show, so I could share some of these conversations and preserve them. And so today, I will be sharing uh, with you uh, one of my conversations with L. Byron Culver. And Byron Culver tells the story of his family. Um, the Culver family story is about two brothers who came to the Irvine Ranch in the 1880s. Uh, Fred Culver was the one who came first, and he came here to farm a 1,200-acre uh, lease from James Irvine. Um, and despite a formidable physical disability, he was, he was actually a hunchback. He was one of Irvine's most successful farmers at the time. Uh, he built an impressive home, which was it was quite a landmark in the area at the time. It was called Culver's Corner, and it was located at the 101 Freeway, which today would be about the 5 Freeway, and Culver Road, and Tribuco. And it was a, a landmark that could be seen for miles. So in 1909, Fred Culver was here, and he asked James Irvine permission if he could build a blacksmith shop near the uh, shipping warehouse. Today we call that Old Town Irvine. And uh, James Irvine agreed. So Fred Culver, he built this blacksmith shop, and his brother Willard, his older brother, came here to be the proprietor. And this blacksmith shop, which was built in 1909, is still standing today. And if you go to Old Town Irvine, you'll find it. It's now a Knollwood hamburger restaurant. Now, Byron Culver is the grandson of Willard Culver. And he's, he's compiled an extensive family history that he shared with me a couple of years ago at the Historical Society. And even though he was only four years old when his grandfather passed away, Byron remembers him vividly and... That would make this nearly 90-year-old man a living link to Irvine's past. So I'm very happy today to be able to share my latest conversation with Byron about his family here in Irvine. I thought it would be great if we could start out talking about um, the Culvers that were here before, your family members that, that gave Culver Drive its name, and uh, who would, I guess starting with your great-uncle Fred. Yeah, Fred. He was a successful one farmed big acreage on Irvine Ranch in the, I think it was 1885. He leased ground and did such a great job farming it. They let him keep expanding. Right. And uh, he got up to large acreage and built that big house and he was, a, he was a mule man, and he had rather take care of the mules than he would farm. <laughs> well, he had, um, you mentioned the house that he had, and it was uh, known as Culver's Corners because it was really quite a, an extraordinary house, wasn't it? It was the second largest subject to like the Irvine Ranch. Right, and it had all the modern amenities in it at the time, yeah. and 
He was a hunchback, you know. Yeah, well, that's an interesting story about him because, um, you're, as you mentioned, he was a very successful, um, one of the earliest tenants he, he, um, here on the Irvine Ranch, did a lot of um, farming of lima beans and even went into citrus. And like you said, excellent with his the mules and had all of this livestock. But he had this pretty serious disability, right? He was born with They took him to the doctor after doctor to... But they couldn't do anything. Right. So you would say that this would be a person, t- um, you know, I've seen pictures that you, you had shown me of him, and you'd think this would be a person who'd have a difficult time with physical labor, and yet that we, was the opposite. Is that right? No, he was admired for his work, I think. Mm-hmm. All his neighbors uh, just gave a A average for his attitude and his ability to do what he did with that handicap. Right, right, and how he could, uh, you know, I heard the story tell that he could he could harness up the mule train faster than anyone if they'd had a race. Like he could, he was very able and and very industrious. I mean, he he kind of came here to the Irvine Ranch working on someone else's tenant farm and saved up his money and eventually bought his own land and and at his death was one of the most successful farmers in Orange County. Was that right? Yeah. Uh, see, he was my great uncle, mm-hmm. and Willard was his his brother. Willard was my grandfather. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Willard a little bit now. Um, he he was like you said, your grandfather, and he he kind of comes to the Irvine Ranch. He he was older than than Fred. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. And uh, he came here, um, had quite a large family, and was kind of moving around, doing a lot of different farming, little projects and things. And how did he get to come to the Irvine Ranch? Well, my father <coughs> was Willard's, one of Willard's four sons. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but uh, Willard passed away when I was four years old. Right, right. And he came here after Fred was already here and um, they kind of Fred had a business proposition for him, right? Or he had a good uh, an idea for a business for him. And what was that? Oh, the blacksmith shop. Mm-hmm. So when he came here, and and Fred had the idea that they needed in the old town, what we call Old Town Irvine today. Now it was just the little town there, the shipping area. They needed a blacksmith shop, and so he asked Mr. Irvine, right, if he could have permission to build one, and. Fred actually built that blacksmith shop so that his brother Willard could operate it and run it. And what were the kinds of things that they would do there at that blacksmith shop? Oh, he shoot horses. Mm-hmm. Trimmed the feet, put the shoes on them, and took care of them. And he, I, uh, they, that, that Irvine Historical Society treated me extremely well. Right. It's uh, well. Yeah, and the, the good news for people living in Irvine right now is that that building is still standing. Yes. And uh, it's over there on Sand Canyon Boulevard. It's part of Old Town Irvine, and it's the blacksmith shop. It was built in 1909 and uh, by Fred Culver, and uh, now it's a pretty good hamburger restaurant, isn't it, Byron? You've been there. Well, I think it's—I I always get Mexican food. <laughs> Okay, well, they have that, too. Good breakfasts, too, by the way. Very good breakfasts at Knollwood. A little plug for them. But what's... So inside, you can still see a lot of the things that were left over 
from yeah. um, when it was running as a blacksmith shop, right? I yeah, mean, they have some wall items on there. There's one. Yeah, there's some interesting things fully connected with the coal, with the coalers, with Fred Willard and the rest of the descendants. And he, uh, so he ran that blacksmith shop not too long. I mean, then he moved on to some other projects. But while he lived in Irvine, he was definitely part of a major Irvine history moment. Um, it, it was kind of, it, it happened in 1912, and uh, it was the time of the Tomato Springs Bandit. That's right. <laughs> and this is kind of an interesting thing. Most people live in Irvine right now who they think it's a, it's this big master-planned community business air, urban area but it was the wild west back then so the tomato springs bandit was when um yeah this drifter came to the ranch and had um you know assaulted or a, a daughter of a rancher or farmer there yeah. and had escaped back into the to the foothills right. and so he was pursued and because there wasn't a you know regular police force here he was pursued by uh kind of a posse of local farmers that kind of went after him also the from sheriff. Sa- the sheriff from Santa Ana uh the deputy sheriff um who who came out um to uh, Bob Squires was one of them, and uh, they they pursued him up into the foothills. And the area where he was was today known as Tomato Springs. That's right. And uh, if you if you go on the toll road at the foothill toll road there, there's actually a little toll station called Tomato Springs, and it's right up there on the ridge. And so tomatoes where the bandit was holed up for this shootout so to speak yeah. was was kind of below that toll road um on the hill there is that right that's right so tell me what happened how did how was willard culver connected with this shootout with the tomato springs well, he was in the posse okay okay he joined volunteered and then uh towards the end when he <coughs> it was coming close to Terminating the guy's life, mm-hmm. so, but uh, he got shot below the knee. Okay, and they had to amputate his leg from below the knee down, and he heard the nick- nickname Gimpy. Yeah, and Humpy was his. Right, which, you know, this is an interesting little Irvine factoid, is that, you know, to the Culver family that Culver Drive is named after, the two main Culvers that were here, um, had these what we would say unfortunate nicknames today i think then you know people weren't as concerned about that but yeah fred who had the disability was a hunchback they called him humpy yeah and willard who had the poor disfortune of having his knee or his leg shot off was called gimpy because he had a wooden leg so the the culver brothers had some really interesting nicknames but anyway um (laughs) i guess they were a little tougher skinned back then i don't know (laughs) well tell me you've told me a really kind of a cute story about your grandfather um willard and his his peg legs his wooden legs so to speak um about when he when you were a little boy oh yeah and he was telling you a story tell me this story byron well i was four years old mm-hmm. i was sitting on his lap and he was reading that <laughs> he, he was reading out loud excerpts from that uh pirate book. R- right and uh he got to the time in the and scared the heck out of me was he 
But there were the pirate stomped up the stairs, thump, thump, thump. <laughs> and he reached down, and I was there, and he unstrapped that wooden leg, and I just felt <laughs> had a nervous breakdown. <laughs> so he would pound the, the, you know, the wooden leg on the ground like he was the pirate. Now, did you know that he had that before then? Do you remember knowing that he had that, or you remember that was the time when you realized he well, had? Well, I, I can remember what I things uh, for two, three, four years old. Lately, yeah. I can't remember who called me this morning. I understand that. Believe me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I it was a surprise because <laughs> I kept. He loved to expose it, you know. He'd pull up his pants leg, and you'd see that big weather happen, <laughs> that wooden dish. Anyway, well, we you know, obviously... I knew it was coming, but I jumped up and ran to my mother and went in the bedroom. I can <laughs> just imagine the fact, the look on your face. And, I, you know, he must have had a good sense of humor about it, obviously. I mean, gosh, people are calling him Gimpy. He must have been able to... Uh, laugh at life a little bit if he could yeah. do that <laughs> but um no that's that's a wonderful story and so the the culvers i guess the reason that i that i wanted to talk with you today is that people sometimes don't realize that you know the names of the streets and and parks and buildings here in irvine I, yeah. all had a meaning you know they were named for specific people and a lot of them were named for people who'd lived here on the Irvine Ranch, and the Culvers were certainly one of them. You know, Fred Culver's Culver's Corners um, House, what it was called, is actually um, on Culver Drive. In fact, there was a road along there, right, that went kind of... Up the the hill and down to... Right. So there was kind of a dirt road already existing, and his house would have been at the, kind of if you could have the intersection between the 5 Freeway and Culver Drive, his house would have been actually where the freeway is now. I think they um, built the the 5 Freeway would have been over where the house existed. But it was an interesting space because the house there, um, you know, was the largest house all around it. Um, just farmland around it, but it was the intersection of three different roads. It was Culver Drive, yeah. and uh, or Culver Road as they called it, and then the um, the main was it the 101 was kind of the main highway there yeah. where what the five became, and then Tribuco and Tribuco kind of came at an angle there. That's so it was a strange intersection, wasn't it? And they had a lot of accidents there, didn't they? Yeah, that's right. A lot of people. Did you? See the book that I put together? Yes. Well, that's what I wanted to talk to you about, too, is that, um, you know, that you you worked on a very extensive family genealogy project that you came and shared with me, and it's quite impressive. I mean, it's over 800 pages. That's right. Of of diaries and pictures and... and, A lot of pictures. Oh, my goodness. What, What kind of inspired you to go to work on that project? Well, in July coming, I'll be 90 years old. Oh, my goodness. Well, happy birthday in advance. Uh, <laughs> and I looked around at everybody. I mean, there was 20 cousins in my Right. Class, but, and I looked around, and a lot of them were gone, and there were four of us remaining, and none of the, the other three would take it on. Right. So I got some expertise and had a great connection with the Historical Society at Irvine 
And I think I sent, I think I, I gave them a couple of books. I, I have one. Oh. I actually gave me one. And oh, um, I love it. It's, it's a wonderful resource. Um, and uh, it's impressive in its size, but also in its, you know, the depth of research you did is really quite, quite um, interesting. A great read, actually. I enjoyed it very much. And yeah, we, we have that at the Historical Society if anybody wants to come and look at it and um, see some of the pictures. It seemed like a lot of the sources of your material came from a diary. Was it your great-great-grandfather? Was it Fred and Willard's father? Francis Colvin. Francis, yes. And he had um, this kind of diary journal where he wrote down just all the little details that were happening to him. Sold eggs for 25 cents. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because you think that would have been inconsequential at the time. But now looking back, it's it's really a valuable little tidbit of information. A lot of, probably a lot of clues for your genealogy came from that journal, right? Yeah. And the, uh, we had to hire a professional who could... He could he could uncode it, you know. His his script was very rough to understand. Yeah, these certain words, but he he came aboard and spent about oh six weeks and uh, got it all. Then he put a column alongside of it and typed it in. Right, and it's 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 very very interesting. And and I don't know, just as an Irvine um, history nut that I am, I'm just so grateful that you did that work because I know your family enjoys it and um, that was your reasoning for doing it. You wanted to preserve it for your own family, but you have actually create, you know, added to the research collection for the whole city of Irvine. And so, um, it, like I said, it's something that we can all learn from and uh, see those great pictures of your, your relatives and um, learn a little bit more about what life was here before it looked like it looks today. So yeah. um, so I thank you for, for doing all that work. How long did that take you? I had a secretary working for me, Marlene Strauss, who I give credit to four people, I think, in the entry of the beginning of the book. But anyway, she just loved hearing about my story. <laughs> and uh, I grew up up in the Salinas Valley, as you probably right, right. know. But she kept telling me to write this down and she then she walked in and gave me one of the one of those little devices that recording right right and i was she she had come to the office when we had a little ball but she'd get on my shoulder and say tell me something else <laughs> so she, she prodded you on well i think it points the fact that that uh it's not as hard as i mean everybody has these stories and I think people feel like it was such an undertaking and yours certainly was an extensive project but it doesn't have to be I mean it can just be as simple as recording some of those stories and putting them on a simple digital recorder and even just doing that you know sharing some of these childhood stories and these memories are really valuable and anybody can do that it doesn't take a lot of time and um, it's it's something that you really can understand the value of that. Um, it really is a tremendous resource. So, so thanks. I hope you'll be an example, as I tell people, about how um, it's important to do this because here we are today with this valuable information about your family that we can all yep. 
enjoy. So, so Byron, thank you so much for being with me today. I, I wish we could chat longer, and um, but I look forward to seeing you again when I'm in your area, and maybe you'll come up and visit us at the Historical Museum again soon. Thank you so Thank you, Byron Culver. Uh, That was a wonderful interview that I had with him a little earlier where he shared his family's history with with me and with all of us at Irvine History Today here at KUCI 88.9 FM. And I... It was really an interesting time when he came up here. He was here a couple years ago, and he spoke at the uh, Historical Museum. And then afterwards, he took his family, his his children and some of his grandchildren, and they went over to Knollwood Hamburger. They went over to his grandfather's blacksmith shop and had lunch. And he was so proud. He was so excited to be able to share this part of his family's history with his own uh, family and his descendants. And and he, he just really he just was boom, beaming with pride that whole day and and it really reminded me of the fact that history is a lot more than just facts in a book or in a museum it's they're real people and real families and uh, so I appreciate Byron uh, sharing his family history with us today and. Uh, A little plug, I'd like to also remind all of you that our Irvine History Museum is open on Tuesdays and Sundays in the afternoon. Um, also open by appointment if you need to go a different time. But Tuesdays and Sundays are the, the day when we have a docent staffed there. It's open from 1 to 4 in the afternoon. And if you if any of these broadcasts, or if you're ever curious about Irvine history, learning a little bit more, um, it's really a wonderful little building. It was our first, um, it's a historically significant building because the, the building itself was James Irvine's first little ranch house when he bought the property um, in 1864. This was the first place uh, where his caretaker would stay and be able to um, manage the sheep grazing property that was here. And it was one of the only buildings around in the area for a very long time. And we're very fortunate that it has been uh, saved. And uh, it's now home to our little museum. It's right next to the Rancho San Joaquin Golf Course. And uh, you can go in and see all different parts of Irvine history, whether it be the agricultural story, the cattle ranching, the cowboy days. There's there's information there about the Irvine family and um, even things about Lion Country Safari and, and the Boy Scout Jamboree. So it's quite an interesting collection. And uh, the volunteer docents there would love to have you come by and, and say hello. Um, so next week on the Irvine History Today, next Wednesday, I'm going to have a, a beginning of a series I'm going to be talking about the members of the Irvine family. Um, I get asked that question all the time. That they want to know about the Irvines. Uh, and they do have quite an interesting story to tell. Uh, people may, you may know some of that. You may know some of the history or some a cursory basic level of it. But um, I'd like to get a chance to tell you some more in in-depth story about the Irvines. And so each week we'll be talking about uh, one generation of the Irvine family. And next week we'll focus on the first generation to come here. We'll talk about James Irvine, the man who started it all. And he had come from Ireland and and came here and it was a true rags to riches story. It's a fabulous, interesting story about an incredible man. And uh, I love to share it. So I will be doing that with you next week. And I really appreciate 
appreciate you stopping by listening. I thank you. And uh, we will see you next week on Irvine History Today.